Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money, how to save money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're currently here in Manila, Philippines, where we're about to put on a big summit here, which is happening over a week with 30 plus experts from around the world. And uh, that's going to be live all over the place on social media. And if you're watching or listening to this after, uh, it will be also available at digitalnomadmastery.com. And uh, on this particular podcast episode, I actually have are some uh, one or two actually of our summit speakers uh, who are on this podcast. And uh, on, our, on our summit, we have a whole bunch of different topics and we have uh, a couple who actually are retired in their early 40s and now they're gonna be traveling the world, doing house sitting, doing travel hacking, and uh, you know, seeing this amazing world that we all live in. Our guests today, the names are Tim and Amy. They're the founders of Go With Less. Uh, their website is gowithless.com, and uh, they're experts in the area of early retirement, house sitting, travel hacking, and the FIRE movement, which is, stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. Uh, so super excited to get their insights into this whole area of FIRE. Um, so welcome to the show, Tim and Amy. How are you guys doing today in Denver? Hi. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. We're happy to be here. And uh, happy to have you here as well. So uh, one of the things we love to do on a show is not just do the traditional bio. We really like to get to know our guest stories. And you guys have an amazing story of retiring at such a young age. You know, a lot of people, they dream of retiring maybe by 50, maybe by 60, maybe by 65. And, you know, maybe and sometimes they never retire. Right. So you guys have done something that most people don't do, which is retire early. So we definitely want to pick your brains about how you guys have achieved that. Um, so let's start with your story. Um, you know, uh, what did you guys do before you retired? And tell us about the transition from working to retirement and what's happening next. Well, that's a kind of a long answer. So we'll try to make it quick. But uh, in a short, I, I've done business to business sales my entire career and I left at 46 years old. I was also a salesperson. So I sold telecommunications equipment, uh, infrastructure, and then some test equipment. So I did that for most of my career. And he retired at 48 years old. Yep. Now, the big key to this was we used to be fairly big spenders. So we have tracked our spending. Tim has tracked his spending since he got out of college. I came into the picture 12 years ago. And so we continued to track all of our spending. And we would look at our spending every single every six months. We would just look at that spending. And we're like, wow, that's a lot of money that we're spending on dining out or travel or things like that. Uh, and we wouldn't do anything about it because we didn't have any debt other than our mortgage and we were still saving quite a bit. So we're like, well, that just fits right in with our, our income and, and, our, and it seems like we're doing a great job. And when we really, when we learned about the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early movement, when we learned about that, we learned that we didn't have to keep working forever. And that was very appealing because we worked really hard and we thought that our jobs were kind of shortening our lives based upon how stressful they were. So our, what we learned is that by spending less, we didn't have to work ever again. We were saving towards a traditional retirement age. We were thinking we were going to retire when we were 55 or 60 or something like that. And so what we realized is if we really reduced our spending, we could retire a lot sooner. So um, that was really the key. I guess we realized that we could spending less. That's hence go with less. When you spend less, you can um, you can potentially retire early. Sounds great. Sounds great. So uh, you guys are uh, part of this whole community called the FIRE Movement. Uh, so what is the FIRE Movement? A lot of our guests um, uh, who are listening, watching might not have heard of that term. So tell us about it. 
Yeah, so basically the FIRE movement, um, I don't know exactly who founded the movement. So some of the leaders are people like Mr. Money Mustache. Don't know if you're familiar with this this guy or not. But he's so, a big one. Yeah, he's a big person in this space. The mad scientist. The mad scientist is also another person that's in this space. And so um, it's just about, uh, basically, I think they all have the same philosophy of spend a little less money. There's different types of FIRE also. There's fat FIRE, there's lean FIRE, but it's all based around the idea that um, spending less is going to allow you, if you can figure out a way to spend less money, you don't need as much money to live on. And so, um, you can get out of your crazy work environment and, uh, get have into freedom, this, have freedom. Um, you're sooner. free to do what you want. You're free to stay at work. You're free to leave work. Yep. And so it's a very broad subject. And so it's, uh, uh, there's, and there's lots of different takes on it, but I think the two guys you mentioned are probably some of the leaders in the space. Sounds good. So um, if people are interested in this movement and are trying early, um, tell us about the steps or like the uh, practicality of doing it. What should they do? Um, I, what I would do is I'd, I'd recommend going to a few good resources. So Tim mentioned Mr. Money Mustache. He has a great blog. He doesn't do posts as often anymore. He likes his free life. He actually lives fairly near us in Colorado. So he, he has a, a full active life and isn't spending as much time blogging, but he has a, years and years of posts that they can go back and check out. And he's extremely um, influential in this space. I think he has a really big post from a while ago called the shockingly simple math behind early retirement that off the top of my head, I think that's what it is. Um, so he's, a, he, and he's hilarious. Uh, he has a great writing style and he just has people kind of question where their money should be spent. Uh, and we found that real in, uh, inspirational. There's a great Facebook group that's a big group of people at all eight, like at all ages, at all ranges of, of income and things like that. And it's called Choose FI. It's all one word. So C-H-O-O-S-E-F-I for financial independence. That's a great open Facebook group. And they put out that's it's it's a good podcast. Uh, it's a it's a two men who podcast about it. And their group is extremely active. And I would highly recommend for people dabbling and checking that out or experts, that's a good group. I think the net of all the messaging is um, understand what you spend, ultimately probably spend less depending on what your spending is looking like. And, uh, and I think that's almost the net of the message is again, it's understand what you spend, probably spend less. We don't fall prey to lifestyle inflation. So these are sort of the things that the, the messaging that's going to come from the fire folks. Cool. So uh, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, uh, uh, put those links below to the Facebook group, and you mentioned the blog and the, the podcast, etc. So when it comes to like the spending, the saving, the investing, like obviously those are all important variables. Um, how can you do that wisely and strategically? Well, you mentioned that. <laughs> I can answer that if you'd like, but you, you got this. Well, so when you say. Uh, when it comes to investing, so one of the things that we like are, are low-cost index funds in terms of investing vehicles. So here in the States, um, uh, Vanguard is a, is a leader in this space. And so low-cost index funds. So one, one of the problems with a lot of investing is if you invest in mutual funds, um, there are these things, these hidden fees that come with the funds. And so these fees can be 1% or 2% a year. They're, they're not, they're, they're, they're actually displayed, but just because there's the language is so complex when you start investing, oftentimes people don't realize that they're paying these hefty, hefty fees. And so uh, a low cost index fund is a, um, a way to again, save or one. Oh, oh, keep going. But I want to piggyback off that. 
save one or two percent uh, a year in terms of what you're investing looks like and um, and that's also something you want to do is just make sure that you're you're not having fees eat away at, at your investing uh, style and I'm going to say so one or two percent doesn't sound like a lot but when your entire earnings for the a fund for example might be like seven percent would be decent earnings over year over year imagine if you're taking one or two percent off it's not one or two percent off of a hundred percent it's one or two percent of of your 7% that you might be earning. So imagine taking 2% off of 7%. Now you're down at 5%. Well, that is an enormous amount of money in your lifetime. Uh, so something to consider. And the, and the numbers look really small when you're looking at your bank. It's like 0.032. Well, that's actually a pretty substantial number. It just looks teeny tiny. And I think that people might not have the, the knowledge that that's a, that ends up being a big amount, even though it looks teeny tiny. And there's some obvious things, I guess, that at least it seems... Don't spend more than what you make. Never have debt. So these are things that should be obvious to most people who are trying to retire at any point. Forget about retiring early. But you have to be saving. A lot of the people that are in the fire movement are young people. These are people that are in their 20s and in their 30s, and they're saving 50% uh, of their income. And so the reason they're able to do that is because as their income increased over time, maybe they started out making $20,000 a year, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, now they're making $100,000 a year, they sort of kept their lifestyle uninflated, meaning that when they had the opportunity to upgrade from their college apartment, instead of choosing to go and buy a house, they stayed in their college apartment. They kept this lifestyle. They didn't have an inflated lifestyle, and that allowed them to save a lot of money as opposed to having all these things added to their life, they just added to their savings account. And so for us, we had nice incomes. And so that, that's what allowed us to save. And so again, we were saving towards a traditional retirement. So this fire movement, what it really hammered home for us, and we had had an inflated lifestyle. We had just had enough income that allowed us to have nice savings in the bank. Um, but once we found the fire movement, we're like, oh, we, we connected the dots and realized, well, if we can reduce our spending substantially, uh, we can get retired now. We spend about $36,000 a year now. And um, we have a, a lifestyle that, and we have no zero debt, not, not, not at even all. our home. We not own even our home. our home. We own our home outright. But this $36,000 a year worth of spending um, allows us to have an incredible life. Uh, as uh, I can't remember if we've already talked about this or not, but we're going to be nomadic here shortly. We're planning to not have a home. We're going to travel the world, and we intend to do that for less than $36,000 a year. Yeah, and obviously that varies depending on where you're traveling to, right? Like Europe, it might be a little bit higher if you're going to like Asia, South America, uh, Africa, a little bit cheaper, right? So I guess it's the average depending on where you're going. Exactly. Well, I don't know about that because we do something called house sitting. And so we just spent nine weeks in Europe this summer. And that included, we spent five weeks in France. We were in Germany. We spent some time in Austria. These aren't inexpensive places. So you're absolutely right in a traditional uh, traveling model. But when we throw in house sitting, we spent four weeks in a home in France. We didn't pay them. They didn't pay us. We had their full house, their wonderful pets, two cars and a pool at no expense to us. So when you average in no accommodation cost, and it's actually very cheap. We took a, a cheap a cheap flicks bus from city to city, country to country. So our transportation was extremely minimal. And our when your accommodations are zero for a month, that thing that turns out making to make things very uh, affordable. So we don't have to just stick to less expensive places, although we will go to less expensive places. Now Europe is in there as our part of our less expensive life because of house sitting. And that trip that Amy mentioned. So 
So I'm going to remind her that right, we were staying right across the border from Switzerland. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> we, we made this determination when we were going across the border to Switzerland, even if we had a house sit in Switzerland, we really couldn't afford, or we wouldn't choose to afford to be in Switzerland because it's so expensive just to be there to get groceries. It's, it's a lot more gas money. or gas, do anything. That's right. So, so we, 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 what Amy says is a hundred percent correct with house sitting, it opens up our options. So even places that are expensive, we can have be a little bit more affordable. There are places we we're certainly not going to go for an ex extended period of time because of the expense, even if we had free lodging. Yeah. So it sounds good. I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, obviously like, uh, uh, the biggest costs when you're traveling are going to be accommodation and, flight. So if you can cut those uh, through travel hacking and house sitting, uh, then you're going to be spending on things like maybe sightseeing or uh, like obviously like food and stuff like that. So yeah, you're definitely on to something there in terms of the um, cutting back on the cost. So in terms of the house sitting, we're going to do a deeper dive in the summit, but uh, for the people listening in the podcast here, what are your top tips uh, for people who want to get into house sitting? So I'll take I'll take that on. And I, we both believe that house sitting is the best. So we're both big travel hackers. We, we call it the ultimate travel hack. Yeah. This is the ultimate travel hack. So, uh, so a couple things though, you do need to like pets. So if you don't like pets, probably not something to consider. Number one, number two, because at least maybe 95 plus percent of them have pets. Some of them don't, most of them do. Uh, and we love pets. So that, that was, works out great. Uh, secondly, it isn't a vacation. So when we traveled the first five weeks of this summer trip we took, we were out, we would leave the hotel. We were kind of late risers. So we'd get up and out at like 11 o'clock at night. We might come back to our room at like midnight. Um, and you're not doing that when you're house sitting. So when you're house sitting, you're kind of, so here's what I like about it. It is truly living like a local. So I know for us, the reason, one of the reasons we like Airbnb and traveling and staying in like more neighborhoody places is to live like a local. What we have realized is that house sitting allows us to really live like a local. We have a we have like a home and and pets, and we're going to the dog park, and we're in places where maybe travelers aren't aren't even spending any time. We're meeting the neighbors. We're becoming a part we're going of the community to the dog when park. there for an extended amount. Of time. Yeah, so it's totally a whole other story, and it's not only things that are like a house. We just spent um, uh, four nights in Brooklyn, New York, just last week, and I've lived in New York City, so I lived in New York for ten years, and so we've gone back in a hotel. We've gone back in an Airbnb and we've gone back as a house sitter in a home. And so all different ways. It turns out that I, I, this was our first house sit there last week. And I realized that that's my favorite way to visit New York. So, um, so again, we're not out for like, it was one cat, which made it really easy. So we could go out for eight hours a day because it was a cat, but, um, but it was nice because we, we were supposed to be kind of hanging out at home with her. So we're not, when we're traveling, we feel kind of like pressured to go out and explore and be busy and see everything. It's the opposite with house sitting. And so some it's just the kind of a mindset. So for people who are just looking for free accommodations and it's a normal vacation, not really. But if it's digital nomads and you're working at home or you're working on your blog or, or your job or something, it's amazing. Um, and so that's that's kind of two, two caveats I recommend. But there's all kinds of sites around the world online where you meet up. It's all strangers. So this isn't like friends we're house sitting for. It's all strangers. So there's all kinds of websites. I'll give you a link to the biggest one if you'd like. And um, and we just match up and we have reviews and, and a profile, just kind of like a dating website. And a trick or something that we found when we first got involved with this is that we did local sits exclusively. And so we didn't want to do house sits here. And we live in Denver, Colorado. And so it wasn't like we were looking to have a place to stay. We have a place to stay. And so 
we would do local sits because we could go and introduce ourselves to the homeowner slash pet owner and say, here's who we are. And in so person. in person. And so that was a nice getting started move because you'd need a lot of sort of references to have a reputation in the community. And so this was a way to build that up uh, here locally. Uh, and so that was something that we think was smart that we did early on. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the think global, act local, right? So once it's looking at working at a local or a city or like a state or a national level, you're like, okay, it's working. Let's try it uh, on a more international level as well. So you're doing house sitting, obviously, for the accommodation side of things. And tell us about travel hacking. So um, how did you get into it? And what have you found works in terms of travel hacking your way around the world? Yep. So travel. I traveled for business for over a decade. And so when I was doing all this business travel, I was earning points and miles through just being on a plane. And so in a year, I'd earn 100,000 miles. Well, then I saw these credit card offers where it's like, well, I could earn 100,000 miles by signing up for one credit card. And so I, I figured out that this was something that sort of made sense. And now we do it with some scale. So we have about 30 cards. We're constantly, I shouldn't say constantly, in the last year we've signed up for like between us five new credit cards. But travel hacking to me, and I think for most of the people in the space implies you're signing up for credit cards and earning points and miles that way. And so we do a lot of uh, new credit card signups. That's where the biggest bonuses come from. It's when you first sign up for a card, you're going to get a big chunk of points based upon um, you, you sign up. There's a commitment of spending a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time. Then you get a bunch of points. And so something that we really like in the travel hacking space is we like these transferable programs. Um, I don't know if uh, it, Outside of the states, it seems like this isn't necessarily as uh, as lucrative as it here's, is here in the states. But um, like ultimate reward points are great from Chase. American Express has um, uh, what are they called, Amy? Membership uh, membership points. rewards points, and then Citibank has thank you points. And so the nice thing about these transferable points is you're not locked into a single program. Uh, you can transfer them to a variety of airlines, hotels, etc. And so you can get some really great value out of those. But we have hundreds of thousands of points in a variety of programs that we intend to use uh, as we get on the road full time. Beautiful. And uh, you guys are also documenting your travels, your savings, your uh, fire movement journey, the whole house sitting travel hacking on your website. Uh, go with less. So tell us a little bit about the origin there. When did you start up the blog and what are the uh, things you're covering there? So we started the blog two years after I retired. So that would have been in 2017 in April. And we realized that we really don't like blogging. <laughs> so writing. The, the reason Not why blogging, writing. Well, the know. reason why is because we don't sit down very long. So we are the busiest retired people I think I've ever met. And so we are crazy busy and writing takes a lot of time. So friends suggested, blogging friends suggested like, why are you making this so hard? Do a podcast, do video instead. So we leapt two feet in to vlogging. And so we have a website. We kind of steer people toward our YouTube channel, which is same name, go with less, all one word, L-E-S-S. -S. Uh, so, so we video and it's fun. And uh, when we were traveling for nine weeks, we put out a video every day. Uh, we, I, I, Somehow, like my, my superpower is finding amazing, cheap or free things to do anywhere we go. And so our YouTube channel, when we're out and about, we're sharing that because if I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours planning what to do, I don't No one else has to spend that much time. I've already done the planning. So go kind of go follow the videos and you can get a really good trip for not a lot of money. 
think the vlogging we also like because it allows us to do some creative fun things just with, with cameras. Also, I, I'm a gadget guy, so I love cameras. I love technology. I, it, so anything to do with the gadgets I like. And so vlogging sort of lends itself to me getting to have an excuse to buy new gadgets and, and editing and things like this are also fun. So it's, uh, it's always they can uh, only editing on video, not edit, editing right. on editing written on word is, is brutal yes, for us. Exactly Some people right. love it. We don't love it. And so we learn to find what we like. And then, uh, and so our, our channel is, so it kind of covers these topics. It covers early retirement, uh, budget travel, travel hacking and house sitting. And we put out a video every Wednesday. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have links to that as well. Uh, so any kind of closing tips? We've covered a lot in the show here, everything from the fire movement to travel hacking, house sitting, travel blogging, and more. Any final tips you want to give our audience here to help them save money, make money while traveling the world? I'm going to go on save money. So making money, you are covering this beautifully. It, and, and travelers often know how to save money. So they know how to be really careful looking for the deals. Um, but I'm so... So you, I mean, the internet is your friend. And so people, this is not like news, but go look for like, when are the museum free days? Uh, look at like, so I, I look exhaustively at like, so I don't just assume that I'm, we're gonna take the train, for example, in Europe. The train in Europe can be extremely expensive. We took these Flix buses, which were, I don't know, 20 bucks for an overnight bus that took 12 hours. Some, some extremely inexpensive uh, fare. And so look at all your options. So kind of like have an open mind so if you have always thought about traveling by train, maybe think about how else you might get there. Maybe blah, blah car with uh, ride sharing, maybe the bus, as I mentioned, maybe uh, things like that. So, so consider all your options. I think that's, so I'm just going to get in the same subject. So we, we believe the best things in life are indeed free. Yes. So walking around is one of our very favorite things to do. So when we show up in a city, uh, we, we like to do free walking tours are a great way to get introduced to a city, even though a free walking tour isn't necessarily free because typically you're going to tip the person that's actually providing the tour. But it's a great way to just get introduced to a city. And then also a lot of the, the big attractions in a given city, like we're not going to, we go look at the Eiffel Tower. We're not going to pay the dollars to go up the Eiffel Tower. If you're, um, so we oftentimes do things just for free. So most of our favorite things that we do on a given trip are free. So look for free things to do. And they're easy to find with the internet. Yeah, great advice there. So for people who are interested in picking your brain more, checking out your travels, checking out your website and following you on social media, tell us how they can do that. So on YouTube, it's go with less, G-O-W-I-T-H-L-E-S-S -S, without spaces. On Facebook, it's also same same thing on our Facebook page. Same thing on Twitter and on Instagram, where we go with less. So same thing with with a W E in front of it. And our website, we're we're planning all the time to put uh, stuff on our blog. Right now, we actually have a pretty active press page because we do a lot of podcasts and we're in a lot of articles and things like that. So our press page on our uh, blog is actually fairly active, and that is www.gowithless.com. So Go With Less is pretty much everything but Instagram. Beautiful. Easy, easy, easy. So I'll have the links to those below, uh, Go With Less, and make sure you check it out. Uh, so Tim, Amy, uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, for over there in Denver, Colorado. We'll catch up with you guys on the summit. Fabulous. Thanks, Thanks Ricky. Ricky. Thanks for watching to your audience too.
Thanks, uh, Tim and uh, Amy, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this uh, fascinating interview where we talked all about retiring early. Who doesn't want to do that? And traveling the world, who doesn't want to do that as well? Uh, so, uh, yeah, once again, uh, check out Tim and Amy's resources to help you get onto your own travel adventures. Make sure you check out our summit as well, and make sure you check out all of our uh, podcasts and our uh, masterminds, online courses, and all the resources we provide, Digital Nomads, as well. Uh, so thanks, everyone, and we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.